Jackson closing in on 300 total yards. Jackson, the spin and toss. Ingram makes a man miss. Diving. Touchdown. What an effort. Welcome to the American Football Show, where we've all taken more hits to the head than Mason Rudolph. And which is, uh, to, according to Craig's count, two. Um, I have a question to pose to you, uh, following on from the, the last week's mascot in a team uh, as the best team. Which, which, which NFL player would, would you want most in a fight? Active at the moment or in history? Let's say active, because oh, if, if, oh. if you go back in time, he just gets an absolute animal. <laughs> mean tile steel curtain. Mean Joe Green. <laughs> no, but yeah, active, active NFL player. It's a no-hold-bars fight. Uh, who do you pick? Sue comes to mind as one of the first names that pops into my head. Yeah. I would go Richie Incognito. Ooh. Yeah, but perfect as well. It's mm. got to be up there. Bear in mind, it's a fight without pads. So just a bare knuckle brawl. Yeah, it's, it's, it's essentially um, what's that film uh, with Brad Pitt in it? Hustle, uh, fight Club. No, yeah, that one as well. But what's the one where he's a gypsy? Oh, um, Lost Snatch. Snatch. Yeah, it's it's like the bare knuckle gypsy boxing fighting. The answer is Quentin Nelson because he's got a black belt in karate or something. And he's huge. <laughs> Bloody hell, does he actually? I remember when he got drafted, everyone was raving about his hands. And it's like he's got such good hand placement and kind of agility because he does martial arts. That's quite terrifying to know. And did you know Ryan Fitzpatrick is smart because he went to Harvard? He is smart, though. There you go. Never mentioned. <laughs> Never knew that. All right, let's open the question up. NFL player in all time. I know mine. Uh, Vince Wilfork. Ooh, <laughs> absolute monster. <laughs> didn't, he, didn't he save someone from a burning car as well? It was something like that a, a few years ago. He saved someone from a burning car and just went in I mean, and grabbed them. He's just a I monster. I could never bring myself to buy a Patriots jersey, but if I was ever going to get one, it'd be a big Vince one. Oh yeah, big you man. could not, you, you can't not like them. Hmm, I feel like it's going to. I'd pick a Raven. Although Reggie White does come to mind, and Mean Joe Green. I'd go with Matt Millen in the 86 Raiders. He picked a fight with the general manager of the Patriots on the sideline. That was a good one. And if you go for picking fights, we'll choose Antonio Brown. <laughs> a lot of them Raiders, a lot on that Raiders team, no, were like me back in them days. Like, they was talking them like plaster casting the hands and everything before games. And Yeah, you look at, like, look at some of them look like they had broken hands. The casts were so big and they were just clubbing each other. Yeah. Some James Harrison's games. an idea, actually. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, he's a machine. Have you seen some of his workout videos? Oh, they're, like, they're insane. Yeah, this would do, like this, oh mate, the strength in his hips and his legs is just ridiculous. He, he just benches every day, doesn't he? His hip thrusts are like he he, he could fire someone out the out the planet. The hips don't lie. 
<laughs> and I wouldn't want to be stuck in a cage with James Harrison, to be honest. No. Anyway, good discussion, guys. Asking the real questions. Week in review. Let's move on to... It was a quite a good week, actually. Um, who wants to go first? We'll go with you, Craig. There. Let's take uh, Falcons at Panthers. Falcons at Panthers. Okay. So, the Falcons were a shocking win over Carolina in Carolina. Um, going from a team that was just tough to watch, um, just to just destroying two good teams on the bounce, two playoff, two playoff bare teams. You know, with the Saints last week and with the Panthers this week, and they've just completely flipped the switch and just gone from a team that was getting beaten up by everyone to someone who's just a powerhouse and is just destroying teams left, right, and centre. You know, would. Matt Ryan, he looks like he's, he looks really good. He looks comfortable. Ridley, you know, we had a great game. Two font, six tackles, one interception. You know, the Falcons, they, they got four interceptions and five sacks. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a good outing by any defence, you know. Um, but, like, you know, the first eight games of the season, they've only had seven sacks. The last two, they've had 11. You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole different team. I don't know what's changed. I don't know what they've done but they're definitely coming back with a vengeance um, yeah that's about as much i got to say MVP Ridley Falcons are Falcons are there to literally ruin other teams because they're not going to make the playoffs <laughs> yeah it was a bad day at the office for Alan like four interceptions it's not, it's not great that moving on to another rookie quarterback who are the uh, the Steelers Uh, that would be me. Do you want to go for that one as well? Okay, if you want. Uh, well, I'll sum this up in just a couple of sentences. You think you've had a bad day at the office? Mason Rudolph threw four interceptions and got beat down with his home helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Browns, the Browns, they had a big, a big day. You know, they got four sacks, they got four interceptions, and like there's, it's, I think the whole game, you know, because it was a decent Browns performance, but the whole thing's been completely overshadowed with what went down in that last last few minutes you know it's so much so that the Steelers Browns in week 13 next week uh, it's been flexed to an early game for the Raiders Chiefs so they've actually moved it to an earlier spot and swapped them around where they don't I don't think they want them on the big stage and the Steelers defence struggled you know which is a surprise the way they've been playing recently they only had one sack that game Um, but yeah, the the Browns look like a much better team, and the Steelers look like they really struggled. I think they need to. I think Rudolph's a big problem on that offense. Like he's he's just not playing well. He's not hooking up with his receivers. He's really struggling, and I think he's holding them back. Thank you. My MVP in that game, Joe Schobert. He got seven tackles, one sack, two interceptions. Like that's that's a great performance. Yeah, pretty pretty good. <laughs> um, Tim, I believe you had the. The mighty, mighty Bills at the Dolphins. Bills at the Dolphins. 37-20 to the Bills. Um, comes as a great sigh of relief to the Dolphins fans that I know. They're back on track. They snapped the winning streak. Uh, lost to the Bills. Uh, Bills are a strange team to watch. They're now 7-3. I'm still not sure if they're any good. Uh, Josh Allen's still good. He was the MVP of the game. He threw for three touchdowns and he ran for another one. Uh, Dolphins actually were in this game right to the end. The Bills kept looking like they were going to pull away, but Dolphins keep 
coming back. So yeah, Dolphins had a good kickoff return as well. But oh, I saw that. Exactly that was really much. good. It was like 129 yards altogether. The guy ran. It was credited as 102 yards kickoff return. But yeah, it was what you'd expect from a Bills Dolphins game. Okay, uh, Joe, how about you with the with Dem Cowboys at the Lions? Yeah, so a uh, big game here. Uh, Cowboys going to the Lions. Uh, the Cowboys take control of the NFC East with this win, uh, winning 35 to 27. We were talking about this earlier, but I think Dak Prescott has managed to wriggle his way in. And I know, Craig, you don't really rate him massively, but I think he's driven himself into that MVP chat. Uh, 444 yards and three touchdowns. His season, his stats are massive and he keeps improving each week. Uh, Gallup also had a big game. He had 148 yards, thanks to Dak. And so did Cobb. He had 115 yards and one touchdown. So two wide receivers over... 100 yards there. No Stafford this game. Uh, so Jeff Driscoll started and he actually played really nicely. I know Stafford's been having a pretty good season for in his standards as a quarterback. But Driscoll, yeah, looking nice and settling in well. He had 209 yards and two touchdowns. And he threw, yeah, as I said, some really, really lovely passes. Especially his two touchdown passes were were pretty nice. Uh, MVP for that one has got to be Dak for those massive stats that he put up there. Talk You're never going to be a superstar if you're named Jeff, are you? No, it's not a superstar name. Yeah, who's the MVP? Jeff. <laughs> My name's Jeff. <laughs> My name's Jeff. <laughs> right uh, I had the a really close game actually with the Broncos who scored 23 at the Vikings who took 27 uh, and the big news it was the Broncos blew a 23-0 lead uh, which is pretty heavy because uh, US Bank Stadium's one of the hardest stadiums to play in uh, the Broncos kept Cousins off kilter for like the first half uh, five sacks plenty of pressure um, Dalvin Cook who is was before this week the leading rusher. Uh, only got 26 yards on the ground and 31 in the air, which is really bad for Darwin Cook. A uh, couple of miscues, including a really bad coverage on a Carl Rudolph uh, touchdown in the second half. Kind of spelt the demise of the Broncos, though. If the Bronco, Honestly, I, I was thinking in this game, if the Broncos can get a good quarterback next year, they're going to be really good. Because Cortland Sutton is really good. Uh He's just a good receiver. He's very reliable. Um, reminds me a bit like um, like Larry Fitzgerald when he was younger. Just reliable and good. Um, threw for 38 yards as well. A naughty little trick play. And racked up 113 yards. Like I said, the problem here is Brandon Allen. Uh, he couldn't finish the game. Uh, which is a real shame because that final drive, they I think they had three fourth, uh, fourth down plays. And they made each one. And they, they, they just couldn't get it done with like five yards to go. And I think if you'd given them a quarterback with experience, that was that was the Broncos game. Uh, MVP for that game is going to be Shelby Harris on the Broncos D-line, who got three sacks, which is always nice for a D-line. Uh, back to you there, Tim, with the Jets or Redskins. Jets or Redskins. Uh, Sam Donald had a good game. Three for four touchdowns, 19-30 for 293 yards. Um, Jets D played well as well. They sacked Dwayne Haskins six times. Um Dwayne Haskins is having rookie struggles, but he's on such a bad team. He's not got a lot of support. Um, there was a nice touchdown at the end. I don't know if you see it. Darius Geis scored on a 45-yard screen pass. Um, and one thing, I bet the Jets are glad they didn't trade away Jamal Adams. Uh, he got three sacks 
which for safety is pretty good going. Um, I watched the Bengals and the Redskins this week, and although the Bengals have got a worse record, uh, yeah, the Bengals got a worse record. Redskins are definitely the worst team. Um, Bengals would be a lot better if they could find themselves a quarterback. There was a lot of chanting from the crowd I found about afterwards about selling the team for the Redskins. They definitely don't like their owner. Um, you could get tickets for like $9 for this game. So, yeah, not a good show for the Redskins. Jets actually looked pretty good, which is bad for me since they're playing the Raiders next week. Uh, I, I think it worked out. Go on, sorry. Yeah, I'll give the MVP to Jamal Adams. I think it worked out cheaper than that. You know, I think I've seen a... I was reading somewhere that the tickets were going for $5. Like, it would be more expensive to go and get a McDonald's after the game or to travel <laughs> or to travel to the game than it would be to actually buy two tickets for the game. I listened okay. to Tony Kornheiser, who does, um, pardon the interruption, he does, he's got a podcast. It's a lot of Washington sport. And it sounds like it's so depressing in Washington now for Redskins. They used to be proud of the Redskins. But now I think if the Redskins actually left Washington, it's not going to happen. But if they did, I don't think anybody would really care. It's at the point now where they're like, no, Redskins are just dreadful. Yeah, at least they got the Nats and the Capitals, though, who yeah. both just won their championships. <laughs> um, right, on to Joe, who had the game in Mexico. Yes, so the game at the Estadio Azteca in Mexico. Uh, capacity of 130,000 so massive massive stadium famously known for where Maradona scored with his hand back in 1986 was witnessing the great game of American football for I think the 7th or 8th time now I think it's been in Mexico anyway so big story Philip Rivers had an absolute shocker he threw four interceptions and had a fumble. It could have been more, to be honest, as well. I think the Chiefs had dropped a couple that he just threw willy-nilly into the air. The Chiefs' offense did look a little lackluster. I mean, Mahomes only threw for 186 yards. However, he did rush for 59, and his ankle actually looked all good. So I don't know what's going on there. His throwing wasn't amazing. However, his throwing was very, very good um, to Travis Kelsey. Kelsey had a big game with 92 yards and as I say Mahomes was picking them out and some of them crossed the field were just brilliant straight into the hands so Chiefs ended up winning this one 24 to 17 uh, bad news for them however uh, Tyreek Hill picked up what seemed to be a hamstring injury um, and you know he's pivotal for the Chiefs especially with that deep threat Sammy Watkins didn't pull his weight like he had done when Hill was out at the beginning of the season so he's going to need to if Hill misses any more my MVP for that one's got to be the Chiefs defence coming away with those four interceptions yeah we'll have a discussion about Philip Rivers later um, I had the primetime game of the Bears at the Rams a low score in affair Bears 7 against the Rams 17 uh, I, it's it's odd how much Chicago kicking woes are so prevalent. Uh, went for 0 and 2 on field goals with Eddie Pinheiro, who was meant to be the the savior. Two good defenses really going at each other, uh, but you got to think that on the offensive side, one team's got Cup and Gurley, and the other team's got Robinson and Montgomery. So the the talent kind of shines through a lot more in the Rams. Uh, and end of the day, the, the Bears also have Trubisky, which is a bit of a disadvantage. Um, Tariq Cohen had a really good catch. I know it was quite specific, but I'd really recommend watching that. Uh, and the Rams should have won this by a higher margin, uh, but they had a lot of penalties throughout the game. 
Uh, there was a really big one called back on, um, can't remember the name of, Josh Reynolds, uh, who was on my fantasy team and would have won me the game, so I'm very bitter about that. Uh, and Todd Gurley, uh, this is probably the first game he looked like last year. Uh, getting over 100 yards from scrimmage and doing more of those kind of outside zone plays and ploughing through a uh, defence that is sturdy, to say the least. Um, Positive signs for the Rams, I'd say. Uh, The only negative being there that they're in a division with the Seahawks and the 49ers, so might not be the Rams' year. Uh, But MVP for this game, I'm just going to give it to Gurley because he he finally kind of found what he was was last year, and it's nice to see. Um, But yeah, it was actually an alright game to watch, I'd say. Uh, Craig, back to you with the Jags at the Colts. Yeah, so the Colts take the win, 33-13 to 13, against the Jags in what was a big day on the ground. Marlon Mack running all over the Jags' day until even in the third quarter with what looks like a broken hand. That's a big loss for them. It was the best running performance they've had in 15 years, 262 yards. You know, that's, that's a lot of yards on the ground. Um, Jags struggled to get going, but... DJ Shark, I think he had a good performance and I think Foles found someone is a, a solid, reliable target for him. Um, Colts, D was hitting them hard. Like They looked like they were struggling. Um, there's just, Jags, it's just a, it's a huge problem at the moment in terms of stopping the run and you know the amount of success they were having. I think Brissett didn't have to do much on the day. You just have to just keep handing it off. You know, free rushing TDs in this one. Marlon Mack, 14 carries, 109 yards. Jonathan Williams, 13 carries, 116 yards. Like, that was just the story of this game, to be honest. Yeah, it's a good running game, to be fair. Uh, Tim, Saints are Buccaneers. Mm, Saints Buccaneers. Saints won 34-17, which coincidentally was exactly the score, same score as the Jets-Redskins game. Uh, this game was a tale of two quarterbacks. Yeah, James Winston on one side, two through 51 passes. Uh, only 30 of them went to his own team for 313 yards. He had two touchdowns, but four interceptions. And old man Drew Brees, he was the MVP. He threw 28-35, 228 yards, but three touchdowns and no passes to the other team. So Saints had a good comeback from their loss to the Falcons. Uh, they looked pretty good in this game, but to be fair, the Bucks looked pretty terrible. Um, Alvin Kamara also had a good game. He ran 13 times for 75 yards and had 10 receptions for 47. So, yeah, not exactly the most uh, riveting of games again. So, good win for the Saints. Yeah, Saints back on their kind of power hype. But now we'll move on to our very exciting games of the week. Uh, would anyone like to volunteer to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Go on then. Okay, so I had Texans at Ravens uh, in a game that was, you know, built between two of the great new QBs that have just, you know, of recent years. Um, Lamar Jackson just continued his MVP form, leading the Ravens to a 41-7 to win over the Texans. I don't think anyone, I think everyone expected this to be a bit of a shootout, a high-scoring game. I don't think anyone expected it to be as one-sided as it was. Um, it started slow, scoreless first quarter, I think both. Both offences looked like they were struggling to get a rhythm going, but then Lamar eventually found his rhythm. You know, 17 for 24, 222 yards, four touchdowns and 86 rushing yards. You know, that's a big day for him. You know, uh, while Watson mainly wasn't running for yards, he was mainly running for his life. <laughs> um, he was under a lot of pressure in this game. He was uh, The secondary was so good on the Ravens that it just, it just bought time for the rush. 
Um, and they ended up, you know, Ravens. They ended up finishing the day with seven sacks and an interception. Um, Matthew Judon, especially, he just he had a great game. He wreaked havoc on that O line and Watson seven tackles, uh, seven tackles, two sacks. Um, it's just a case now of if the Ravens can keep this up, and if they do keep this up, I think they're going to finish with a higher seed than the Pats because they look a lot more impressive than the Pats do at the moment. Um, one of the big stories that came out of this game was about a PI early on in the game that wasn't called, but. You know, in all honesty, in my opinion, even though it was going to be against the Ravens, it, it did look like a PI. But all in all, looking at the score, I don't think it would have made much of a difference in the end. And I think, considering the beatdown he got, Watson and the Texans, you know, and the Texans fan base and themselves have all came out and have really backed Lamar and have showed a lot of class in it. I disagree about the PI though. I think it was insanely blatant, and it was so early on in the game it could have provided momentum for the Texans. Could have changed everything. No, I, I don't know. I don't think it would have made that much of a difference. It was it was definitely a PI. Like I'd seen it, and I thought they were. It was, I, you know, I fell for them. I thought it was tough on them not to be given that call. Cause it did look like a PI, but I think a lot with a lot of these PIs and stuff at the moment. I think the I don't know how the system is currently working. But it's hitting some kind of roadblock somewhere, and I think it's partly to not to help protect the referees and like sort of not make them look bad. But it's it just doesn't make sense because it's like they show you the slow motion replay. I understand the refs might not see it in real time, but when you see the slow motion replay and something is blatant, to then to turn around and say, "Well, no, you didn't see that," when you've just blatantly watched it in slow motion, is a bit backwards. You know what I mean? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, well, the entire conspiracy is that I think only two things have been overturned, um, and they're just not overturning things like that. Then next year. Uh, during the the meet, they're just going to go. Okay, so it was so little turnover, we'll just scrap the whole thing. And yeah, I mean, that's not saying I any of us agree or disagree with it, but that's a rumor. But yeah, you guys chose that as the game of the week. Yeah, my MVP for that one, Judon. Yeah, had, had an amazing game. Okay, to move on to what I voted as the game of the week, which should have been the game of the week, <laughs> the part, with another very controversial turnover, might I add. The Pats at Eagles with that fumble should have been a fumble. Just going to point that out now. Um, yeah, um, I'm not bitter about it at all. Uh, Pats scored 17 at the Eagles. He scored 10. Uh, it was a really windy day. Uh, I think uh, Tony Romo said that enough. Uh, Eagles blew a 10-0 lead, which I did say would have happened on the WhatsApp group. Uh, but we didn't let Brady throw a touchdown, which was nice. Uh, Edelman did, which isn't nice because uh, I really don't like Edelman Joe. Um, <laughs> Super, Bowl... Oh, well. <laughs> uh, Super Bowl 52 had one punt in it. And then this one had 13 in a row. <laughs> um, it, it was... It's nice that the Eagles finally found their defense, uh, but it's really unfortunate that we lost our offense in the same way. Um, if I'm going to say it came down, came down to coaching because any time you're coaching against Bill Belichick, you're probably uh, looking to lose. Um, uh, yeah, I would debate the really bad no-fumble call, which will stop for forward movement, but whatever. Uh, the Eagles' offense continues to just get worse and worse. Um, we're now down our running back one, our running back three, our wide receiver one, our wide receiver two, our right tackle's out for concussion and our left tackle is in and out of every game, which isn't fun. Uh, Patriots are struggling on offense. Uh, Tom Brady threw his um, career-high 14 incompletions in a row. Um, but when you've got Bill, it's not really too important. And he, there was a thing about him not being at all happy about the offense recently. Um, Joe, you could probably provide a bit more insight on that. 
Yes, he sounded pretty pretty down in the dumps. I, I don't. I wouldn't say he was sulking, but it's almost a cool. Well, he, what did he say? He said our our game is our def- defense and our special teams. There's just so many factors to it. He sounded like he needed a hug, quite frankly. Yeah, he did. Maybe. He sounded really upset. Yeah. He needs a hug into the OAP home. <laughs> Maybe the problem's not the offense. Maybe the problem is him. Maybe maybe they just fire Belichick and Brady and just start again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, MVP for this, I've got uh, Edelman, which I really hate to say because you have bloody jersey. Um, but yeah. really, no one massively stood out. Uh, if anything, I'd actually give it to the Pats punter, um, who was really good. Um, but I would say we didn't have Sproles in, which is a big thing. And our punt returning has become shocking since then. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Pats punter did, did pin us down a lot, which was cool. Uh, not... But yeah, we'll move on from that nice and quickly. Uh, Joe, <laughs> cards of 49ers. Oh, it's a shame because I've been waiting all week to hear you talk about us beating you. But uh, yeah, so we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, the Cardinals went to San Francisco and the 49ers won this 36 to 26. This was actually a really, really good game. The Cardinals got off to an absolute flyer and went 16 0 up really early. Uh, the 49ers came back strong though. Kyler Murray, I say this pretty much every time I watch the Cardinals, he's just so fun to watch. I mean, he only threw 150 yards, but he got two touchdowns and he had 67 rush yards and one touchdown, channeling his inner Lamar Jackson there. Kenyon Drake is settling in really well, also with 67 yards rushing in this game to top his game last week. Jimmy G had a really good game, even though he threw two interceptions. I mean, 424 yards is pretty impressive with four touchdowns. And that is without George Kittle as well. You know, the best tight end in the league, if you want to if you want to feel it that way. Ooh, that hurts. Uh, well, there's a, there's a few people up for it, but in my opinion, Kittle is, is the number one. But yeah, missing him, he still had a cracking game. Debo Samuel had his biggest game of the year as well, 134 yards for him. And this was an important divisional win for the 49ers. It means they stay ahead of the Seahawks, who they lost to last week. And also it keeps the 49ers fan that threatened me on Instagram pretty happy. So (laughs) as long as that's all good, (laughs) I'm all right. And my MVP for that one is Jimmy G. Yeah, I I watched this game myself because I've been, you know, every every season I tend to find there's a team that I kind of gravitate towards, you know, other than other than the Ravens and this year I think early on it was the cards that kind of draw, draw me in and you know like you said money is great to watch and they are an exciting you know every game is exciting they're always in every team I think even though the record's not great they're a team that can upset big teams and can hang with big teams even if they don't necessarily get the win but I think they moved away from a game plan that early on was really working for them which was to keep the defence on the field wear them out but the strength of this defence is their D-line. Their D-line is great and they were literally just throwing quick passes out to the, you know, out into the flat or they were running out wide and like they, they were soon as soon, you know, they were just not giving this D-line a chance to even get in the backfield and cause any disruption whatsoever and I think as the game went on they started to slowly move away from that. They were, you know, the I think the first quarter like was pretty much just, it, it, it was just, you know, and for most of the second quarter to be honest was just all cards offence and, and their defence on, on the field and, you know, by half time, you know, that defence looked tired and I think it's, you know, the way to beat this 49ers team is to keep their offence off the field, to keep their defence on the field and to just wear them out and to, it's just quick little passes. 
I'm livid because on predictions I had it right until they turned over the touchdown right at the end. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, that touchdown that managed to just pop out and fly towards the end zone. Was it a kick? Was it, or did it just? Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't even called. So when the end of the game, it was, um, but it was like thirty twenty six, whatever it was, uh, and then it took like five ten minutes for it even to be deemed a touchdown. So it became thirty six twenty six, I think. But yeah, uh, on to our final game of the week there. Um, it's nice that we all nearly got our own teams. Bengals at Raiders. <laughs> Bengals at Raiders. Obviously, this was a massive blowout because the Bengals are awful and the Raiders are brilliant. So the Raiders won 55 nil. That's what I thought. Didn't happen that way. Raiders won, though, 17-10. Uh, the old cliche is good teams win even when they're playing bad. Well, we must be brilliant then because we were very bad and we still won. Uh, Max Crosby had a great day. He had four sacks as a rookie. He, yep, uh, D looked good despite injuries. Crosby got AFC Player of the Week as well. Um, Derek Carr really is settling into John Gruden's offense, though. 25 of 29, 292 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Uh, Ryan Finley doesn't look like he's settling into any offense at any time soon. Uh, 13 of 31, 115 yards, that's 3.7 yards per attempt. Um, Bengals though they're in the game right till the end uh, they had an interception by Trayvon Mullen another rookie I've just got to say the Raiders rookie class is looking pretty good thank you Mike Mayock you've got Josh Jacobs who's about 100 yards off a 1000 yard season Matt Crosby uh, Hunter Renthrew Cleveland Farrell's doing okay Trayvon Mullen and don't Foster forget Rook. Jonathan Abrams as well on IR well he had half a game so yeah he was looking good in that half a game and looked pretty good in hard knocks as well so yeah, so future's looking good. Huge game this week against the Jets and an even bigger game the week after against the Chiefs for the Raiders. Is Max Crosby got more sacks than Khalil Mack? They've got the same, I think. Ooh. I mean, I think the big debate is, obviously everyone thought the Bears won that last year, but everyone's like, oh, the Raiders won it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because if you look at what the Bears are paying Khalil Mack for a starter, and Max Crosby's only a fourth-round pick. So I think, yeah, I definitely think we won that trade. I was virtually in tears when they traded Mac. I was like, it's devastating, that's it. I'm selling all my jerseys, and that's it, I'm done. But, you know. Sorry, <laughs> me. Oh, I, I was, it was a very bad day. And Raiders have been through some tough times, so that's saying something. Like, Yeah, I know. We were only talking Raiders QBs the other day. All right, so that's our games of the week there. Uh, we'll move on to some of the noticeable injuries uh, that may uh, affect some teams to come. A uh, couple from the NFC East. Uh, we have Darren Sproles and Lane Johnson out from the Eagles, which just makes the deficit even worse. Uh, big ones I saw on the Cowboys game. I'm unsure if they're out for good, uh, but Demarcus Lawrence is a huge blow on that D-line. Uh, and Lyle Collins uh, on the O-line again. I think he's the right tackle. Um, he went out again. Um, so that O-line has taken a battering. And Marlon Mack, of course, you mentioned, he did break his hand, his ball-carrying hand, so he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. Um, so, yeah, that's. has anyone got anything else to add on those injuries? I think that Marlon Mack one could have a good impact on them. And, you know, it's like the Colts are in a, in a tough division. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that if the Jags don't get their act together, they're two games down now. So I think they could 
they could be out of the running at the moment, but in terms of the other teams in that division, it's still very close. Yeah, that division's anyone's still, I think. Uh, there's a, another injury you thought of, Joe. Uh, not in the NFL, but could affect the NFL in years to come. Joseph. Yes, so Tua <laughs> managed to pick up his, his hip injury, wasn't it? Hip What's dislocation. Oh. What's his surname, Joe? Wait. Is it pronounced Tagliatova? Tagged. Tagliova. Uh, I'll think like pasta. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah hip dislocation, which for a QB is is massive, really. And it doesn't, you know, it, it's going to affect him in the future how mobile he's going to be. But it's also going to affect the, the draft. I mean, are people want to going to want to draft up to pick him if he's not fully fit? Where's he going to even come in? it's just there's a lot of question marks at the moment it's time's obviously going to tell because he's going into surgery I think he's actually had surgery now but yeah just got to see how he recovers and see how that makes on a draft I mean if he ends up going low you know Tom Brady's replacement I, w- I wouldn't wouldn't moan but yeah it's going to be interesting this, to see what happens it's not just this injury because this is the third injuries big injuries had in college so I think there's going to be a lot of questions about his durability. And I think you're right, Joe. I think he's going to drop down very far in the draft and someone like the Patriots is going to pick him up. And I, I, I don't know. to let the Patriots get to her. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine he is going to drop in an injury like that. And I think if anyone does pick him up, I think... I've now got this no. picture of the draft next year, you running up as a Patriots are taking the card up. Going, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, don't invite me to the draft, I'll do it. Um, uh, we had two big talking points from this week, actually. Uh, the first one is none of them the big Browns brawl. Uh, would anyone like to give a play-by-play of what actually happened? Thanks for volunteering, Craig. <laughs> okay, so... I think I, I don't know because I think I think I'm a, in my opinion I think Rudolph was a lot more to blame than I think has been shown. I think I think the hit the hit from Garrett Garrett's come in and tackled him, okay, and has sacked him. Now the ball had left his hand. Um, I think Rudolph has then decided while on the floor to throw a bit of a hissy fit. Um, he's then grabbed onto Garrett's helmet and tried to yank his helmet off. So then Garrett has then stood up and grabbed Rudolph by the face cage and pulled his helmet off. Jordan this time, Pouncey and the other um, Steelers old lineman, his name escapes me, I've gotten to in between them, I've separated them. Um, and instead of walking off without his helmet and sort of just calling it a day, Rudolph has decided in all his wisdom to run at Garrett and start trying to swing punches. Um, Garrett, at this point, still with Rudolph's helmet in his hand has decided to swing the helmet and hit Mason Rudolph in the head with his helmet using it as a weapon um, and then after that in defence of his QB Pouncey has then decided to swing punches and start kicking at it in the head um, so yeah it all kind of descended into a bit of a bit of anarchy um, I think I think in terms of everything that's gone on I think I think Garrett's seen red and like considering I think even though Rudolph has instigated the whole thing I think Garrett the way he's responded I, I understand why he's responded because he's had his helmet he's, you know, he's trying to yank his helmet off or everything else but I think the level of force 
in which he's retaliated, you know, I, I think was was much higher than it needed to be. Obviously, swinging a helmet at someone's head is incredibly dangerous. Anyone who's ever played or has ever held one will understand just how heavy they are. But, you know, it, it's not like a very dangerous thing. It could have, you know, it could have seriously injured them. But I think, I think to be honest, I think Rudolph's got off lightly. I think the NFL should have punished them a lot more than they have. They have given them a fine. I think he's the only one to escape without a ban. But I suppose with the way he's been playing at the moment, that's a that's a bigger punishment for the Steelers not making them miss games and making them play. Um, I mean, that's what the, what what were the the results? It was Garrett's out indefinitely and has to talk with the commissioner to even get re reinstated. Pouncey, I think, was a four game suspension. Uh, loads of people got fined. Uh, and then the Steelers and the Browns both got fined. I think it was a quarter mil. <laughs> I think it's a Garrett lot, had it's a lot of money. Garrett had his appeal today. I think it was, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's trying to cite precedent to say this. You know, other people have done things like this, and they only got X number of games banned. So he's trying to get out of it that way. Um, but I think from a legal point of view, it doesn't really matter what Mason Rudolph tried to do because he didn't. He didn't manage to get the helmet off or anything, but Jay, but Garrett actually used a weapon and swung at someone and connected. So, you know, I know, yeah, I think Craig's right. Mason Rudolph's got a lot to answer for, but I agree. The picture that's on the front of newspapers or web pages is Miles Garrett swinging his helmet at someone who hasn't got a helmet on. It could have been much worse than oh, than God. what it was. He was yeah. And that, I think that's what it is, is the action, isn't it, rather than the result yeah. that he's being done for. But I think he has handled it tastefully because the entire team, the whole Browns team, were like saying Garrett didn't do the right thing. He's This is bad. Obviously, no one kind of stood up for him. And even Garrett was like, yeah, what I've done is terrible. I shouldn't have reacted like that. He's put it down to like seeing red, which is fair play. When you're playing a heavy contact sport like that and you are wound up playing a rival, I'm not, not condoning it, but things like that happen. And I've got, he, has, he has seen red. You've got to give Cleveland credit for that. I don't say this very often, but the way they reacted was actually quite classy, coming straight out and saying, nah, that was wrong. Whereas the Raiders with Burfick, they were all trying to defend him, and it's Eli couldn't bad. defend that. <laughs> I think what I took most from this game was how undisciplined that Browns defence is. Like, for me, like... All of that that happened at the end of the game was one of the talking points, but I think the hit that was put on Schuster and there was also another hit in this game where like the the defenders are not even attempting to wrap in tackles. They're coming into the tackles with the hands at the sides and helmet first, aiming for the head. Like it's the head hunting and there's a, there's definitely a lack of discipline on that defence in terms of keeping people in check and tackling properly and you know, there was there was some awful hits in this game, some really like awful hits. You must be devastated da- as a Ravens fan. <laughs> but that's all down to Freddie Soup, surely. The coaching's got sorted out. You know, I think I think I think they got lucky in terms of like some of the hits that did happen in this game. I think have been overlooked and overshadowed by then what's happened after the game. Tactics. Um, yeah, I, well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> But like, and and in terms of pouncy, like I, I you know what, kicking someone in the head when they're on the floor is not exactly, you know, smart. something that yeah, it's not exactly a smart idea. But at the same time, like I understand that he's he's defending his teammate. He's 
Especially O line and quarterbacks, they have a they have a different kind of relationship. That is a case of like texting them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, from when you play with me with Fiori, and you look at a lot of other teams, one of the first things that's drilled into you from day one is, regardless of where you're playing, where you are, you know, you protect your teammates, you look out for each other, you know, you look after each other's well-being on and off the field. Like, and, you know, if it was the other way around, and I'd been on the field and I'd seen someone hit Adam in the head with a helmet, I don't think I would have been particularly happy either. So, like, yeah, I like to think it's not just on the field. You protect me off the field. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I think I've seen somewhere that a lot of the Steelers fans have set up a go for me to try and pay his fine for him because they respect the fact that he's, he's stood up for his QB and his life's Surely got involved. It, though. <laughs> yeah. All right, the other big talking point of this week was none other than Colin Kaepernick having a workout uh, for a number of teams. And I think it was no media was allowed to watch it originally, but... Then he said, that's nonsense. He moved it to a public area so people could watch him work out. And a number of teams have watched it and been interested. And generally, it's probably the biggest step forward that Colin Kaepernick has had since he's left the league, I think. Uh, It then almost became a step back in in a way. It was almost one step forward, two steps back, in my opinion. I, I think it's even harder now for him to come back into the league after I mean don't get me wrong you, you obviously he had all the controversy three years ago he was standing up for something that he, he should that he's allowed to stand up for and all of that is in the past the the NFL is a difficult one because they've given him an opportunity but then you feel as if the NFL shouldn't be in the position to, to give him that opportunity but he has sort of made a meal of it. Even though he looked really good, in my opinion, I think he had a strong arm. He had some good passes going. He looked fit. It was almost just like a big middle finger to the NFL. I don't know. I think... How old is he now? Is he's, is he in his 30s yet? I think he's late 20s. But why... Why would you want, and I understand there are some QB needy teams, but why would you want a guy who's been out of the league for four or five years over someone who's been playing and training against live teams every every day? Like There are some needy teams that will need him, but with the, the greatest respect for what he's done, he is a public and social and political figure now not just an NFL player, which some players have done quite well. There are some players who do take quite a strong stance in politics and go a lot, play it with their game. Um, uh, the only thing, example I can think of is Chris Long, who's very towards kind of um, charitable towards like, under education and stuff like that. But when he's that much of a, like a lightning rod for controversy, why would some teams want him on their team? I think yeah, I take think, Adam, yeah, I take Adam's point further as well. When you look at what he said, even what I'm not going to get into it, but if you look at his T-shirt, what he was wearing, if you can Google that yourselves, he was trying to make a political statement. He was ready for a workout, but his principal, I think, aim there was to bring attention back to the NFL and him. It was like, you know, you've blackballed me. I'm still here. I can still play. No one's giving me a job. You know, he's just trying to make a point, I think. I get that, but I, I, I mean, when I read that he was going to get worked out and everything else that had happened, it, there was a lot of conflicting stories out there about some of the NFL 
sort of helping them get the workout underway. Mm-hmm. Then there was also some statements in terms that they were sort of making it difficult for them. I get the impression. I think a lot of teams will be would wouldn't want the media circus that's going to come with them. I think if a team was to pick him up, if he was to keep his head down, it's something that would pass. Um, and people will get, you know, eventually would stop talking about, cause, you know, that every the league moves on. But I think a lot. I think a lot of it was to me. I think it was just a media stunt by the NFL. I think it was made mm-hmm. to look like an olive branch, like they weren't blackballing them because, you know, they've been suffering from a lot of criticism from people saying that the way they've treated Kaepernick was unjust and wasn't right. And I think they were trying to make. It's, yeah, it's for that. But, um, yeah, it's like the saying, NFL washing their hands of it, saying, "Look, we've given you a chance. We gave you a workout. It's just you. It's not us now." Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I don't think it was. I think it was more to make them look good rather than it yep. was any kind of serious. Like, okay, we're going to set something up for you. Teams are going to come down. We're going to have a look here. And it was to be taken seriously. I think it was more just a media stunt by the NFL to make it look like that they weren't blackballing them. And I think as well, I was looking at, I was reading something that said, you know, it's quite strange to have this sort of workout on a Saturday where most teams are getting prepared for the game the very next day. It's normally done on a Tuesday. And they also, they gave them very little notice. Oh, was it like 24 or 48 hours? They're like, Okay, there you go, play ball. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and the counter argued that someone said, well, if he wants to get back in the NFL, he should be ready. Yeah, I know, but he's got to get a flight there. He's got to do all those arrangements, et cetera, et cetera. So they were trying to make it as awkward as possible. Uh, and on a Saturday as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. it's just the worst day. Yeah, everyone works on a Saturday. Yeah. Right. You know, he had weekend plans. He was going away <laughs> for the weekend, you know. I personally don't like the way he's been treated, and I think it is... It is it has been, you know, whatever you stand on it, you know, I think it would be they have been quite unfair to him. I think he can play. I think a lot of teams in the NFL would benefit from him being there. You know, like we've talked before about the Steelers, the Steelers with Rudolph, I think, you know, if you were to take Kaepernick and put him on a lot of NFL teams, it would be an improvement at QB. I just think a lot of them I don't think he's worth the the media attention that's gonna come yeah. with it. And yeah. you don't NFL. Really, NFL is you know, a very you, conservative organisation and they just care about the money. They want everyone to be nice little soldiers, get paid and go about their business. So when someone actually brings attention to social issues like Kaepernick did, they don't, they don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. So moving on from Kaepernick improving a team, how about we go from teams that could be improved by heading towards our mailbox? Right, who's, who's got these questions in? Right, so we got a couple in from Twitter uh, this week. The first one is from One Man Blue Zone. He asked, so if the Chargers had a better quarterback, would they legitimately be a championship team? Is Rivers massively overrated? I'm going to change overrated to completely regressing. Because I want to say that I don't think he, ha- I don't think he's been overrated in his career. But right now, he's not even a quarter of the player he was. Oh yeah, he's definitely not overrated if you look at his career. Because people have said he's like one of the few Hall of Fame quarterbacks that never cut possibles that has never won a Super Bowl. But yeah, he's clearly regressed this year. Yeah. Well, he started off the season quite well because I've seen a few. Chargers games towards the beginning of the season I haven't really seen much of them recently only sort of 
bits and bobs of highlights, but well, not highlights in terms of Rivers' case, but, um, you know, it seems to be more of a something that seems to have happened only recent weeks rather than, I'd say, the first few games of the season. Like, do you think maybe he's just hit some kind of funk or has it just gone over? Okay? You know, there's a lot of talk in terms of QBs where it's not a gradual thing. It's 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 like it's overnight. One minute they've got it, next minute they don't. Like, do you think it's something that's been a recent thing over the past few weeks or do you think it has been season long? I, th- I think that ninth child has really done him in and he's absolutely knackered. Eight was fine, but nine's just done it. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could be could be part of it. I I just and you they said you know the question also said like could they be a championship team? I, I think definitely I think the talent that they've got on their team is great. I mean they have got quite a few big names on there, but I think with the quarterback with all the weapons that um, Rivers has got there, I, I think they could do so much better. Almost similar to what they did last year. Yeah, I was about to point back to that. If you They've barely lost any of the people from last year when they got through to sec- was it second round of playoffs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and playoffs. yeah you, a bit a big loss for them early in the year was uh, I can't remember the name of their uh, defensive back, but he went out right at the beginning of the year for the full season, which is a huge loss. Then uh, Hunter Henry uh, is he out again? Uh, they're w- one of their tackles, I believe, is out. Like they're a team that's really affected by the injury bug. But yeah, to answer the question, like, don't start. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think you give the you give the Chargers any quarter, a top fifteen quarterback. They've got Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. They've got a serviceable O line. Uh, obviously, their defense is legit with uh, Bosa. Um, they just they are they're a good team. Yeah, Eckler's really from what I have seen of the Chargers, Eckler's look really good. And what I know you've got another quarterback question there. Who who got that one in? That that was also via me via Twitter. Uh, so Lee Spence asked this one today. He said, "Would Dak win the Super Bowl with the Patriots, and would he improve any other team?" I, I no. Think- is the question would Dak beat the Patriots or if you put Dak in the Patriots? I think if you put Dak in the Patriots. Well, the Patriots are probably going to win with Tom Brady, so probably. Yeah, I'd, definitely. I'd say. I would say it's down to Dak, though. Although, a lot of, I mean, the last few years, well, all his career, there's been a lot of games where Patriots needed to come back in the fourth quarter. And every time I've been watching, I've always felt calm and confident because I know it's Bill Belichick's system and it's Tom Brady's brain. Putting someone else in that may throw up a few more. I don't know if that could be as would be as calm and content, even though I think he's having a cracking season. It's tough to come into that Pat system and do what Brady's been doing for so long. It's a theoretical combining those two questions together what would happen next year if Tom Brady went to the Chargers would the Chargers be better with Tom no, Brady they won't be, be worse. Brady is so good because of his connection with Belichick and his his, his control of the Patriots like he knows the offence inside and out you put him on another team he's physically nothing yeah. what he was He's so got the think- he's got the mentality to be a quarterback. Obviously, he's that quick decision making, smart guy. But he's not nowhere near physical enough to be put on a new no, team. We mentioned it the other week. Like he sort of hit. He's like it's like watching Manning's last season. 
where it's like it's you know it, it the brain is still there. He knows what he has to do. He can still read defenses, but I just don't think he has the physical abilities to carry out what he wants to do anymore. So could this be the last season for both of them? I I, I think Possibly. it's a strong possibility, especially with Brady's contract as well. It just t- to qu- to quickly jump back to the Dak question, there are two avid cowboy haters in this group. <laughs> me, me and Craig. <laughs> Tim, I think, is quite a fan of Dak, and Joe, I think you're fairly amicable to him. I, I, I weirdly like the Cowboys. Okay, that's why you're a Patriots fan. It's fine. You can hate you can <laughs> like really bad teams. <laughs> Even when I try to look at this from a less biased point of view, I still can't help but feel that Dak and Zeke are not as good as people seem to think they are I think I mean don't get me wrong I'm not saying that they're not good players they are good players they're better than average players but I don't think they're as great as people big them up to be I think they are slightly overrated and I think they're a benefit of just how good that O-line is and I think if you were to take them out and plug them in in any other team in the NFL I don't think they'd be anywhere near they'd hit anywhere near the numbers or play at the kind of, you know, make some of the plays that they do now on this and, team. And to bounce off that as well, you've got to think, Dak, um, Dak's a quarterback for a team with a top five O-line. He's got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and um, who's the other one? Randall Cobb, who are all, very, Amari Cooper's insane. Uh, Randall Cobb and Michael Gallup are both very serviceable wide receivers. They've got Zeke in the back, who's definitely a top four running back, uh, backed up by Tony Pollard, who's shown he's got the guts to do it. Their defense is young. Their co- the thing that pulls the Cowboys back is, I'd definitely say coaching, but yeah. Dak, Dak is in such a good scenario. Imagine if you put like Aaron Rodgers in the Cowboys with that team with an O-line that's one of the best with one of the best running backs with one of the best all over receiver cores like Dak Dak and Zeke are both in very fortunate situations but yeah run over (laughs) (laughs) controversial opinion I know usually whenever I mention that with people people look at me a bit weird but I, I think when you really break it down and you really look at it I can't help but feel that like Adam just said they're just the fortunate with the situation that they're in at the moment and I think if you were to pluck them out and put them in any other NFL team I think they wouldn't hit anywhere near the kind of numbers and they, they also lost see. the Jets yeah <laughs> right um, any other questions that we got this week yeah I've got a question it's for you Joe okay okay did you find Bigfoot <laughs> <laughs> No, so the, I was actually quite quite far away from the Alps when I heard <laughs> on the pod. Is like Joe's in the Alps sending smoke signals. I was like, I'm on the beach in Malta. It's it's a little <laughs> a little different. It was about 25 degrees. So um, no, but no, I didn't find Bigfoot. I did I did find um, fun fact. You know, Malta only has two Starbucks in the whole country. I don't know if that's impressive or not, but I was quite shocked. And it's, it's, they've only been around for six months, and they've wow. only got six McDonald's. It's, it's a small country; you can get across, you know, in forty-five minutes. But still, I, I was I was a little surprised with those facts. And that's the left field question of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and next week you know we'll be discussing McDonald's in Lithuania. <laughs> 
I wasn't that wrong about the smoke signals because you did end up siding with me and Tim in the end and not Adam picking that. Oh, well, let's all say you all chose Texans and Ravens, which was a blowout, and I chose the one game that was absolutely sense. I thought it was going to be boring, if I'm going to be honest. I thought Pat's Philly. I was like, oh, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm up for it, but I thought it was just going to be a bit a bit dead. And I thought there could be a potential upset in the other one, but there, there really wasn't. But despite that, I shook the entire game. Um, right, predictions. This was a really good week for predictions. Uh, I think the only person who lost, I mean, four was the most incorrect calls. So we all actually did really well. Uh, would anyone like to kind of give us a recap of um, how we all did this week? Yep. Week 11, Adam got 14 points. Craig got 12. Joe got 13. And I got 12 as well. So... In descended order, Joe's now on 97 total. Then you've got Adam on 96, uh, Craig on 94, and I'm on 93. So it's still ridiculously close. It's just like to point out, I got my bold prediction in this week as well of Tom Brady catching a pass. Oh, well done. Very pleased. Right. so let's move on into our, straight into our predictions for this week. Um, honestly, becoming one of my favourite things uh, to do, to be honest. Um, let's go straight into it. Colts at Texans. I've got the Texans by seven. Uh, I also have the Texans by seven. I think this is a, a revenge game. I'm going to take the Texans by 14. Yeah, I'm going to go Texans by three, nice and tight. Okay, Raiders at Jets. Right, now, before I give my prediction, I'm going to give you all a chance to change your prediction. (laughs) I am actually going to this game, and I have seen the Raiders ten times in my lifetime. Have they lost every time? Well, I've only seen them win twice. Ooh. Even with that, I'm going for the Raiders by seven. Well, I have a bit more faith in your Raiders this week. <laughs> I've gone for Raiders by 10. I might go for... you letting me change, I might lone wolf it here. Um, do I want to make it that exciting? Oh, yeah, screw it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. I'm going to take the Jets by three. And Yeah, no way I'm going for Jets. Raiders by six. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another another NFC South matchup for the Falcons, the Bucks at the Falcons. I'm gonna be a little bit weird this week and go Bucks by ten. Um, after the past two weeks and the way they've been playing, I think the Falcons are gonna take this one by eleven. I normally do support the Bucks, but they always let me down. So I'm I'm gonna join you there, Craig. I'm gonna take the Falcons by twelve. Yeah, I think the Falcons have turn the leaf uh, they're going to win by 14 okay uh, another double B game Broncos at Bills Bills by three in a close one okay I've gone the other way I've gone Broncos by seven I'm so torn because the Broncos look so good last week but then they just absolutely shit the bed uh, I'll take the Bills by three yeah I'm going to go Bills by two okay on my own there we're all getting a lone wolf game here so far except for Joe Giants at Bears Bears by seven 
I've, I think this will be a tight one. I did go back and forth a lot. I've gone, I've gone Bears by four. Oh, I just think Trubisky's so bad. Uh, and I, ooh, mm, uh, ee, ooh, so uh. what a Giants. <laughs> yeah, but the receiving call for the Giants hasn't been bad, and they got Saquon. Uh, Evan Ingram, I don't know if he's in or not, though. Uh, I am going to go with the Bears by, I don't know, six. There you go, there's, there's Jones, Lone Yeah, Wolf. I'm going Giants by three. I just don't think Danny Jones can handle that defensive line. Uh, I'm backing him. All right, we've got the Steelers led by the own Mason Rudolph at Bengals. Steelers going to come together as a team and they're going to beat the Bengals by 10. Um, I've gone Steelers by 14, not because I have faith in Rudolph, but I have faith in the Bengals just being god-awful. <laughs> I'm going to take the Steelers by 17 with faith in the Steelers' D. I'm going Steelers to win by 7. Okay. Uh, is anyone going to take this one? Dolphins at Browns. Browns by 14. I, I very nearly went Dolphins after the Browns have lost so many players. Um, but no, I think Browns are going to take this one by seven. I've got the Browns by 21. And I've got the Browns by 10. Okay. Another NFC South matchup. You've got the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. Panthers are going backwards. Saints had a wee stumble against the Falcons, but they're back. So Saints by 10. Yeah, I've got Saints by 11. I've got the Saints by 21 blowout. And I've got the Saints by 16. Okay, this one I think is a potential exciting one. Lions at Redskins. Uh, Redskins are mints. Lions by 21. Yeah, I've gone Lions by 10. I honestly think the Redskins have a shot here because the Lions' defense is not looking good, and but the quarterback's quite good for them, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, I'll take the take the Lions by ten. Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions by nine. Okay, then we've got the Jaguars at the Titans. Titans by seven. Uh, I've gone also gone Titans by seven. <laughs> I think I'll take the Titans by 14. <laughs> I'm going to take the Titans by 10. Bloody Southerners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, this, is, this is a feisty one. Cowboys at Patriots. I can't think of a worse game to sit and watch. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't know who the support them. I just hate them so much. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> it's one of them games where I don't want to see either of them win. <laughs> I should have put a draw. Uh, Patriots by 14. Oh, I apologise to any Pats and Cowboys fans listening. Like, um, it's just banter. Uh, I've also gone Pats by, by 10. It's not banter at all. I hate both of you. Patriots by 8. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be quite close. I'm going Pats by 7. Not in Foxborough. I think the Patriots own Foxborough. Well, they literally do. Yeah, that as well. <laughs> uh, followed by another smashing game, Packers at 49. I actually thought about this one a lot, and then I went Packers by three. Um, I was the same. I kind of went back and forth a bit, but I've, I've gone Packers by four. Sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the, the 49ers here. I think the run game is going to win them that game. I'm going to take the 49ers by one. You're going to take oh, Jimmy G over Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to take that 
49ers defense and run game against the Packers O-line and defense. Okay. I, I literally had this one. I I just put can't decide in capitals for so long when I was mulling them. But then, yeah, I just thought Aaron Rodgers, this is his kind of game. Big, big game in the NFC. Packers to win by four. Okay, followed by another amazing game with Battle of the Bird Bros, Seahawks at the Eagles. Seahawks by seven. Um, I've got Seahawks by four. You non-believers. Eagles by four. <laughs> Seahawks by one. I appreciate the one. <laughs> and finally, uh, I think this could be a close game as well. Ravens at the Rams. Uh, I'm going Ravens by seven. I don't think the Rams are that good. Uh, I disagree about it being close. I think it will be Ravens by 14. Jared Goff will be the, the failure here because the defense is good enough for the Ravens, but the offense ain't good. I'll take the Ravens by nine. Yeah, I think the Ravens are going to do it by six. And at this point, should we all vote on our game of the week? I think there's a many a contender here. I personally think it's got to be Packers 49ers. I would agree with that. Yeah, I'll say that. I mean, I was looking at Lions Redskins, but yeah, I'll take Packers 49ers. You could make an argument for Pat Cowboys, and you could also make an argument for Seahawks Eagles, but I think Packers 49ers. There's a couple of those games that aren't necessarily the top teams, but very equal, like Giants, Bears, uh, Colts, Texans, stuff like that. I think they're all very close games. Yeah, and especially with this like Packers 49ers one, like both teams are at the at the top of their well, they're sorry, their divisions, but a loss could knock them off that top spot. Wow. So it's vital, vital that they win. All right, let's move on to the bold predictions you've got for this week. Okay, so I'll start. I have got the Falcons to outscore everyone this week, but the Ravens. Jeez. I'll, I'll, I have yeah, got Lamar Jackson to have more rushing yards than the Rams as a team. Damn. I've I've got the Steelers to score three defense or special team touchdowns. And I have got the Seahawks to win with a field goal under one minute to in the fourth quarter. Who's the Seahawks kicker? Anyone? <laughs> Not Josh Hasker. Steve Hoshka's for the Vikings Bills oh, yeah, uh, yeah Hoshka's Bills he's the one who lost the 49ers way before um, I, I trust in the link you you will see but yeah that's um, that is the show uh, do just want to give a shout out to remember to vote for your your favourite players in the Pro Bowl it's always nice to see some of your favourite players there so uh, get on the NFL website and do that Joe, do you want to pl- um, shout out some of our social media so we can get some friends? Yes, yes, of course. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TAFS underscore UK. And on Facebook, if you just type in that American Football Show, you should be able to find us. Uh, we post the episodes, a few sort of talking points, and we always ask you questions and like to interact with you guys. So anything you want to ask, hit it our way and we'll reply to you. All right, cool. So, yeah, find us on Spotify. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your fit friends. Um, That's us for the week. Hope to see you all next week. Just win, baby.
Yeah, I, I disconnected halfway through that Steelers Brown incident. <laughs> it's I fine. It seemed pretty fluid. I don't know what happened to my phone, but it just went off, and I was like, "Oh shit!" 